Welcome to the Living Clean Podcast. I'm your co-host Mason S. With me as always is Travis K. This podcast is not meant to replace meeting, sponsorship, step work, or service. This is meant to be just another tool in your recovery toolbox. Our guests are here to share their experience, strength, and hope with recovery through Narcotics Anonymous. Thank you for joining us. All right, welcome back to the Living Clean Podcast. I'm your co-host, Mason S. I'm an addict. With me, as always, is TK. Yeah, yeah. And today, <laughs> we are joined by Miss Janice B. Janice, how you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we're so glad that you could be on the podcast with us today. We're going to start off by asking you uh, your clean date and where you attend meetings at. Uh, my clean date is March 12, 2003, so I celebrated 20 years last month, and um, my home group is called No Reservations, and it's located on an Indian reservation, which I think is kind of funny. <laughs> that is pretty interesting. So kind of tell us a little bit about your home group. My home group is, um, I guess we're a little long, older than 20 years old, Um we wanted to have, you know, start a NA meeting on the reservation because, you know, as many people know, there's communities that are, um, uh, especially the Native community, it's very devastated by addiction and not only addiction, but diabetes and obesity, addiction being one of the diseases that prevail here. So it was a mission of... Um, not myself. I was probably still in prison when they started this group, you know, but yeah, they wanted to make it accessible to the natives around here because, you know, they're a little shy and, 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 you know, not so open to going to meetings off the reservation. So that's why initially it started, but everybody comes now. It's a big open meeting. It's pretty successful then. Yes, it actually is. We have probably 50 to 60 people every Friday night. That is fantastic. That is awesome. Why don't you kind of walk us through uh, the process of how you got to Narcotics Anonymous? Okay. Um, the first meeting I ever went to, I was doing some time in, in Florida Florida Prison for Women. Um, H&I people were coming out there and brought the meeting, and I heard the message. I was probably in my late 20s. This was like late 80s or early 90s, and I heard the message, and... I felt the, the energy of the people that came out and I knew it was something good, but I didn't think I needed it because I was an addict in my addiction and just not ready, you know, and I got out twice. Well, I got out twice and went back twice. So the last time I got out was on the condition that um, I go to, tr to a, a facility and through that facility, um, they brought me to meetings. And again, you know, I heard the message a long time ago. And as we know, the message is the same. Any addict can stop using and lose the desire to use and find a new way to live. And this time it was more, you know, it, it was more pertinent for me because I had been released from prison the third time. I'd been given a third chance and they sent me to this facility. And, you know, I, I realized that I did not know how to live. I didn't... Um, you know, I didn't walk in the place like that. I walked in thinking, oh, these people, let's see how 
how I don't need this. You know, they're going to see how smart I am and they're just going to throw me out of this place, you know, and, <laughs> And, you know, they say, don't, don't, what do they say? Don't leave five minutes before the miracle. And, and fortunately, because of the Department of Corrections, I couldn't leave and eventually listened to the message. I heard the message, you know, and I, it's, it's been a journey ever since. Through people sharing their experience, strength and hope, that was big. But the other one was the readings. You know, I started to listen and I heard everything and it, it, it everything just fell into place. And I knew I needed help. And if I wanted what you guys had, then I just had to do what you guys do. And that is go to meetings, get a sponsor. You know, I always say everything I need, I learned in the first 60 days, you know, go to meetings, get a sponsor, work the steps, don't use no matter what. So you've seen the similarities and not so much the differences right off the reel, huh? Exactly. I mean, there was a guy shared one night. He had done a lot of time in prison, and he said one day he got a call, and, and um, the chaplain, I think, had a phone call for him from his mother, and, and uh, his mother said, I don't want nothing else to do with you. You're an animal. You know, just ripped him and said, you know, don't call me anymore. Uh, you know, uh, you're no longer my son, and and he said he hung up the phone and he said for the first time in his life, he said, damn, maybe there's something wrong with me. <laughs> you know, and I I cracked up because I'm like, that's me. You know, it was always everybody else. I could never, you know, understand that I was responsible for my own, you know, my own chaos and consequences and what have you. So when did it start to click? The things that they're sharing in here, this would apply to me and help me as well. Like I said, I was in that facility for eight months. And, you know, we went to meetings. We went to both fellowships. You know, they take you anywhere and everywhere. And uh, But I really connected to the addicts because, again, their experience, strength, and hope. And uh, every meeting almost, you hear people say, I always felt different, you know, so... I probably want to say it was about 60 days in, 60 to 90 days in, and hearing the readings over and over and over, you know, some things just really, you know, just jumped out at me, you know, who is an addict? And, you know, I hurt me, I hurt my family, I hurt society my whole life, um, you know, wanted something different and thought I found it in drugs, you know, ripping and running, the finding ways and means always to, you know, get out of myself. When, when I heard other people share about that, I it was like, okay, that's what I've been doing my whole life, trying to get out of myself. But yeah, that's when it started to click, probably 60 days in, you know, I realized I didn't know everything and I needed to, to, you know, open my mind and ask for help and be willing to listen. You know, I picked up my white key tag at a meeting called Just Listen. And that's exactly what I started to do. And uh, I was a big turning point there about 60 days in. What was your spiritual connection like before you got to uh, Narcotics Anonymous? Well, I was raised up in part of partly in the Baptist church and partly in my Native American teaching. So you know, I always believed in a higher power, a, a creator, 
you know, be due to the the trauma and the uh, what do we say, life on life's terms. I just, you know, turned down a different path and became very rebellious. I don't think I ever stopped believing in God. And I hear some people say they were angry with God. I don't think I was ever angry, but I just disconnected from everything, you know. And without that that conscious contact, you know, I was in in the throes of it of addictions. Janice, do you feel like your spiritual connection has changed tremendously over the years? Oh, absolutely. And I share that whenever I am asked to share my experience, strength, and hope is, you know, I, I feel like N.A. Is, is my Bible, my Quran, my, you know, my holy, my sacred um, journey. And, uh, you know, for others, it's the church, it, it's religion, or it's some other spiritual. But for me, it, I found it all right here, you know, and um, because I share that, I feel that this journey through the steps, through the sponsor, through the fellowship, through all of it, especially service, it's a it's an opportunity to experience a spiritual evolution. You know, a evolution because I learned here the journey, not the destination. And I love that I, I can say that the God I had when I walked in is not the God I have today. You know, I've had the through the experience of the 11th step and reading and listening. And, you know, today we have so much on YouTube and and um, podcasts and, you know, all kinds of things to to expand my consciousness, to. Because in, in NA, what we learn is to be open-minded. You know, I never want to be closed-minded again. And not that I just fall for anything and everything or believe in everything. And But what I was taught early on is that I need a higher power. And that, and that higher power should be loving, compassionate, kind, selfless. With that as my, you know, as my higher power in the beginning, those characteristics, I really couldn't, you know, I really couldn't veer too much off a path of integrity and spiritual principles. So, yeah, I always say the God I, I had when I walked in is not the God I had have today. It's not the God, uh, I say God, but, you know, higher power that I had at five years. It's not the one I had five years ago. You know, it's just it's. Things evolve for me, you know, and I, I love the word of our literature because it says, you know, a God of my understanding. As my application of spirit's principles strengthens, and so does my open-mindedness and my walk as a, as a spiritual person, you know, as a being, not as totally human all the time. You know, that is my goal, to have, to, to walk a spiritual life, you know, not just talk it. Are you grateful for our program and the way that it's set up and it allows us not to put God in a box, so to speak? And like you said, it's able to expand over that period. Like you said, it's not the same understanding you had at five years and right. it may be different five years from now. I think that's a beautiful part of our program that allows us to be able to do that. Absolutely. And this is why I put all my eggs in the N.A. box, because, you know, I grew up with religion. I grew up with, you know, native spiritual teachings. Obviously, it wasn't enough or it wasn't maybe at the right time, whatever the case may be, because, you know, I, I, I suffered from addiction for many, many years before I got here. 
you know, and, and I read the Bible over and over again, many times in prison. And, you know, but what happened in N.A. is it, it's broken down very simply. You know, we show up, we get better and we learn to help others and, you know, do selfless service. You know, and it, it's it and it is a spiritual path, whether it may seem like it or not. But for me, that's that's the long and the short of it. You know, I got here, I did some work, I I um, cleaned house, and and I I learned how to get out of myself by doing for others. You know, you know they say we didn't become addicted in one day. I I I got to a, a convenience store at the age of fifteen, and I was intending to rob the store, and in the course of that robbery, I shot and killed the cashier. And from that day on, you know, it's been a process of trying to understand, you know, like I said, we didn't become addicted in one day. I didn't get to that store at 15 years of age in one day. You know, it was a history of sexual abuse, of of, uh, domestic violence with my family, my father, you know, dying from this disease and you know, the sadness and the depression of growing up in that lifestyle in, uh, you know, and I just wanted to take myself out by the time I was 13, 14 years old. And at by the age of 15, I intended to do it. But, you know, as fate would have it and, and you know, and unfortunately and tragically, it ended up the way it did. And, you know, I spent half my life in prison before I got to the rooms. And uh, I didn't know how lost I was until I got here. And I heard people who had recovered from the same low self-esteem the the you know the what do we call that the like that death wish like I'll do anything and any everything to just get out of myself and you know all of it and when I heard those experiences you know I knew I wasn't alone and I knew I could recover and I knew I could live a life that honors the man that the man that I killed Instead of running around feeling guilty or responsible or covering it up with drugs and, you know, ego and all that, you know, I can actually live a life that honors him. And, and, you know, and over the course of my recovery through spiritual work and step work and applying the steps and not having secrets, you know, I've been able to to actually build a relationship with Charles. That's his name, Charles. And uh so I live my life to to you know right or wrong and 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 it's beautiful because before I before I knew the steps I saw the eighth and the ninth step and thought this couldn't work for me but you know obviously it does and you know and that's so I I could always I can always choke up about how grateful I am to the program and to the to the fellowship and um, everything the steps the principles everything you know the the meeting before the meeting, the coffee, the everything, you know, I'm in, I'm in love with NA, you know, I just don't love NA. I am in love with it and everything about it. Even our crazy fellows or crazy addicts, you know, I, you know, I, there's, you know, there's stories out there, right? <laughs> All right. Absolutely. So Janice, I got a question for you approaching your four step. Mm-hmm. When you have uh the trauma of what you was talking about a minute ago. Did mm-hmm. it seem like you had that, that ghost that's in the closet that you're so afraid of this four step. And the reason why I'm asking you this is for like that newcomer. That's always dreading that four step. For me, it was the third step. It was like, 
turning my will over mm-hmm. to the care of this higher power that that was what hung me up. It wasn't so much about taking a look at all the, the bad, but it's not all mm-hmm. about the bad, but right. approaching your four step. How did that feel about what you had to list? Well, I, I gotta be, I gotta share with you that the first four step, I was totally still numbed out, you know, and, you know, a lot of people are, it's like, it takes some time to, you know, peel that onion, so to speak. And so at the beginning, I wasn't really intimidated by it because I was so disassociated from my feelings about it. You know, like Mm -hmm. all the years in prison, I could tell someone, oh, I robbed this store and I shot this man and I got this time. And, you know, it was always surface. And it wasn't until um, I had a suggestion to write a letter about to Charles or actually to me as if it was from Charles that, you know, the, the paradigm changed. But so, yeah, later on when I, you know, I got a different sponsor than the one I'd worked my first four step with. And yes, when I did it the second time with her, cause she was a lot warmer and really had, had a way of making me, you know, take off the mask. And it was intimidating. It was totally um, frightening, actually, because I didn't know what was on the other side of sharing these things. Like, I didn't know if I'd be ashamed. I didn't know if I was going to cry. I didn't know if I was. I didn't know, you know, so definitely fear. Fear was involved. But, you know, and, and just for today, it says I believe in someone who wants to help me in my recovery, you know, and that's what I did. I just trusted my sponsor and I just wrote it all and talked about everything. So, you know, it wasn't easy for sure. And if you're new, you know, nobody said, you know, like it's, it's gonna, I heard in years ago that if you're not in the fetal position every once in a while, we might not be doing it right, you know? So, (laughs) yeah, but you know, for, for some of us that have those hard bottoms and when I got to that facility, I was 46 years old and I had been locked up 23 years of my life. So I ha- I was at that crossroads of like, number one, I don't want to go back to prison. But as I listened in the meetings and heard people share, the second part is I didn't want to be that person anymore. And, you know, I heard a thing early on that, and, you know, people still say it today, of course, is that the person who walked in will use again, which means I have to change, mm-hmm. you know, and what do you change? What do they say? Everything, right? So, yeah, it's definitely not easy, but it's wonderful. Yes, necessary. And on the other side, it was it was so relieving. And, and, you know, I probably felt like a thousand pounds lighter, you know, and 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 I and it wasn't like I was just going to drop off the jump off this cliff and nothing was going to be there. You know, my sponsors there, my by then I had, you know, like a little inner circle of, of strong women in recovery. So. Yeah, it's all a process, you know, and sometimes it's not easy, but I didn't want to be that person that ended up where I ended up and I didn't want to hurt people anymore. I wanted to change. All right. So take us through the process of when somebody came up and asked you to sponsor them. Oh, my God. For many years, I was like, I don't want to sponsor anybody. I don't want to. One time I told my sponsor, I said, I don't want to be responsible for someone's life. And she goes, oh, my God, you're not. 
<laughs> she said, if I felt like I was responsible for someone's life, I wouldn't sponsor anybody either. And, but, you know, it took time. It, I had to get it into my own. You know, um, I always say, you know, that a friend of mine, she used to say, uh, you know, because she had a bad attitude at one point, And she said that her sponsor said, well, if you run into three or two or three a-holes before uh, noon in the daytime, you might want to look at, you know, look at yourself, you know. And so to give that love and to give that compassion and to give that service, you know, I had to have it within to give. So working the steps is what happens. You know, I started to evolve. I started to desperately seek a conscious contact so that I wouldn't be afraid. You know, today I can say there's not much I'm afraid of because I, I keep my contact, my my connection as strong as I can. You know, that's through prayer, through meditation. One of my biggest um, prayers or or practices, though, is helping people, you know, to be kind. I mean, I read somewhere years ago that the Dalai Lama is says kindness is his religion. You know, like he he says, that's really what it's about. Kindness, doing doing for others, being of service. And so that's it. You know, that kind of kind of wraps it up for me. Well, Janice, tell us about service today. What does it look like? Today, uh, I'm the secretary at my home group at No Reservations. I, um, you know, I'm asked to speak a lot. I mean, a lot. And my sponsor once put me on a, a sharing ban because, you know, I didn't know how to say no. I didn't know how to take care of myself. And I don't know if you guys heard my story, but, you know, there's parts of it that really are sad and emotional and Every time I share, you know, I'm like reliving it. And it's almost like I have to, to um, you know, nourish myself and take care of myself because it is traumatic. And even remembering it and talking about it, even though in my core, it's been resolved, so to speak. It's reframed. I don't have the guilt. I don't have the shame. I don't have the remorse because I believe in a, uh, in a God of my understand. The God of my understanding is so powerful that a power of love that when Charles died, he crossed over to the source from which we all come. This incomprehensible love. So he has the he has the capacity to forgive me. And I know he has forgiven me. And this is how we were able to develop a friendship. So it's not that I, you know, uh, experience tremendous trauma when I share, but it does sometimes if I share every, you know, twice a month for a few months, it, it, it can get a little, you know, can get a little heavy, you know, emotionally speaking. But, um, I do share a lot actually shared yesterday, um, probably in the last two weeks, probably three times. And, you know, but I really, really enjoy sharing because it, that's what helped me. You know, I went to this big church meeting in North Miami and it was a speaker meeting and every time, and I looked forward to it after a while, you know, I wanted to hear how, and you know, how these people got clean and, and how they're happy and, you know, the ability to sit up on, it was a big stage and to just talk and see people comfortable in their own skin. I wanted that so bad, you know, so this is why I share, you know, because I've been through things that could, you know, have 
well, pretty much destroyed me for a while, but thank God for the program of Narcotics Anonymous. You know, I found a way out. You know, I think the big hope shot and all that you've been through is the fact that you have found a way to get past a lot of those things. And a lot of that mess that you went through is now part of your message. And, you know, I can see why people ask you to share a lot, but I think it's good that what you said about, you know, every time you share, you give a piece of yourself. So you always got to make sure that your cup is full too. I could see where that could get emotionally taxing, but you know, I'm, I'm extremely grateful that you're, willing to open up and share a lot of that stuff because you know it it makes me when i heard you share it out of the darkness it made me look at the things that i put on my eighth and ninth step and and i i seen you be able to find such a beautiful way to look at it when you talk about you talked about taking charles everywhere with you now yes yeah and that gave me so much hope that the 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 things that I was holding on to that I could let them go. And there was something beautiful on the other side. Absolutely. I mean, other people's experience, strength and hope and the connection with my God is, you know, priceless. You know, I can't, couldn't function without it. And, um, but yeah, that was a great convention. (laughs) I really enjoyed being there. Janice, is there anything that we haven't spoke about that you'd like to share with the people listening? I've actually already brought it up, and that's the um, what we said about the fourth step, you know, and the steps in general, because, you know, me, like a lot of people, like a lot of lazy addicts, you know, I, I felt like it was schoolwork, and I hated school, I hated writing, so I, and one of my other, my biggest defects is procrastination. So I put it off. I didn't get on it. And, you know, and when I finally did and, and you know, got with a sponsor that I totally was open with and could really um, take direction from, you know, it was like I wanted to kick myself that I hadn't done it before, even though in the beginning, you know, it wasn't it wasn't something I jumped into right away as much as I wanted to change and as much as I wanted to be a better person. I I would I didn't jump in my steps right away. So if you're new and you're not doing it, then don't be like me. You know, I feel like I prolonged my sense of freedom and my sense of um, growth and spiritual connection. Like we always say that there's a Narcotics Anonymous is a twelve step program. You know, the program is the twelve steps. You know, and I was there going to meetings and you know, learning, meeting new people, experiencing a life of, um, you know, recovery, but I wasn't working my steps, you know, so I know now that, you know, I stayed in my defects and and maybe my um, loneliness and isolation a a little longer than I had to. So, you know, I just encourage anyone that is feeling like, you know, isolated or you know very I was very very I wouldn't I don't it's not shyness it was that didn't want to deal with people didn't want to be around people I didn't know these people you know it was just preconceived fear I guess you know intimidation like I I I I felt like everybody knew I was from prison I felt like I acted like a convict like a you know all the self you know how back in the day they'd say 
don't even worry about that. You're not that important. Like, you know, you walk in a meeting, you think everybody's looking at you. Nobody was paying me no mind. It was all between my ears, you know. And so I like that through the steps we learn how to be humble and, you know, and to to walk a, a life, you know, to walk a life with integrity. That's that's so huge to me. And, you know, and I was a big thief, I, you know, like. My story's not unique. I was a big thief, a big liar. I mean, I just lied to lie. I didn't even know why. You know, it was just come out before I think about it. And, um, you know, and in prison, it, it was all about getting over, getting over, getting over, you know, um, outsmarting the, the officers, and, you know, that, that mentality. And today I don't live like that. You know, I have police officers as friends. I have you know, I respect them. I don't, you know, I, I know that we're all come from a source. I believe that we all come from the same source, that we're spirits with this body suit on, you know. And um, when it comes down to it, we have a choice every day how we want to walk, you know, how we want to act, how we want to be. And uh, I, I'm just, you know, I'm just so grateful to the NA for teaching me how to have a um, how to have that love for other people and not be shy. I'm not, you know, most Indians, my tribe for sure, don't talk much. <laughs> I talk so much, it's crazy. But I got it in NA. But what are some of the challenges you faced in the last 20 years since you've been in recovery that you've had to overcome? Kind of like what I'm talking about, learning to be um, comfortable you know, around people. Um, and it's still a challenge. I don't, I don't go to malls. I don't, you know, I'm, uh, you know, like NA conventions I have gotten, you know, because I love the program and I love recovery. It's a lot more easier to, for me to be around a group of people like that, you know, and like a big group. And, but I was, um, severely institutionalized for many years and even to this day you know I get severe anxiety sometimes if I have to go to Walmart <laughs> or um you know I go late at night um you know it's 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 a little challenging it's uncomfortable because um uh, I'm you know I recover I'm recovering from PTSD and anxiety and depression you know and those things are like if it was a 10 when I got here today, it's probably like a two or a three, but they flare up. So it, it was challenging to become a part of the fellowship. But again, it's like, it's like doing my steps. If I had, you know, got into it sooner, I would have been in the solution sooner. But now, you know, I have I have so many friends. I have a real strong inner core of friends that, you know, yesterday we went to celebrate a, a, my good friend, her uh, 35th. We had a little pool party. And sometimes I have an out-of-body experience. I'm looking at myself, talking, socializing, feeling comfortable. And I'm like, who is that person? <laughs> it's, it's just so crazy. But you know what? I, I have a good life and I stay grateful no matter what. You know, that's what I was taught, you know, it, no matter how bad things seem, because a lot of it is, how do you say it, um, imagined. It's, you know, it's my perception. And so I've learned that 
you know, I don't know about you guys, but they say my disease wakes up before me, right? Yeah. Because when I open my eyes, it's like, oh my God, you should have got up sooner. Oh, you should have, she shouldn't have stayed up late. You shouldn't have done this. You should. And I'm like, you know, in that second, I know what's going on and I pray. I say, thank you, God. My first prayer is thank you, God. Thank you, God. I don't thank God for anything specific. I say, thank you, God, because I have to connect. I have to get that conscious contact and I have to shut that voice down, you know, because if I listen, you know, I, I'd still be crazy. And not that I'm not really still crazy, but, you know, I'm crazy in a good way now. But um, that's the challenges I have. I, you know, and that's a challenge any addict has because we all have the voice. We all have those per- misperceptions and, you know, and... um. But for me today, it, it, I'm grateful that I learned how to get in the solution. That, and that's prayer, you know. I mean, and it's not like I get on my knees every morning or every night or I'm like it's a formal prayer. My prayer is usually thank you, God, and thank you for waking me up or thank you for – and I, I sometimes I just say thank you, thank you, thank you over and over and over. You know, that's a prayer for me. It's almost like a mantra. Because when you get down to it, you know, I did 20, 23 years in prison. You know, I lived my life in, in handcuffs and ankle chains and, and, you know, bend over and cough and urinate in a cup and, you know, and get treated by people in, in ways that, you know, people shouldn't treat people. And you know what? I, I, I Today, I don't have that. You know, I just made me a sandwich. You know what I mean? I walked to my refrigerator and made me a salami and cheese sandwich. I am so grateful for the little things, you know, and, and, and you know, the creator delivered me from that state of mind, that physical state of pr- in prison, but also, you know, delivered me from the I was just thinking about this um, Eagle song about um, something that about freedom, but we've always had it, you know. Gosh, I was just singing it a while ago. It's my senior. Already gone. Yeah, there you go. That's it. It's, um, yeah, we're just singing it a while ago, and I said, "That's it." You know, it, it. You know, and God is, you know, is within. You know, and and God lives within me, within my spirit. I am a part of the. Remember when I said a native saying? It says, "Uh, how foolish would it be for the branch to think that it's not part of the tree?" <laughs> so I am a piece of the, you know, of the Almighty, of the everlasting, the 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 energy that has no beginning and no end, you know, and and so. I try to honor that. I try to honor that through my walk, through my talk, you know, through service, which is why, you know, you guys were thanking me for doing this. I'm thanking you for asking me, you know, because I love service. I have to do it, you know. Janice, thank you so much for sharing your experience, strength, and hope today. We'll see all of y'all next week. Thank you for joining us on our Living Clean Podcast. This is another platform that we can share our message of recovery, which is an addict, any addict, can stop using drugs, lose a desire to use, and find a new way to live. Join that no matter what club. You can contact us through text. The number is 931-306-9364.